Today's podcast is brought to you by Elenco Animal Health and Kelly's Finance. Hello, I'm Kerry Lunigan. Welcome to The Weekly Grill. Today's guest has certainly felt the heat on the odd occasion for the very simple reason he is a banker and he's a bloke with a considerable knowledge and background in rural and regional Australia farming and grazing pursuits. Let's welcome from the National Australia Bank, Khan Horn. Khan, you're a banker and long-term on the agricultural side for NAB. Is your background from the country? Yeah, it is, Kerry. Uh, just over 30 years with uh, NAB and uh, yeah, from a family farm up in the northern rivers of New South Wales on the, on the Clarence, on the mighty Clarence. But look, NAB's been my, uh, my mainstay career for 30 plus years and it's been a wonderful career so far. So you went to Sydney Uni, hardly a haven for agricultural science. Let me guess, uh, economics or something like that. There, no, it was uh, it was an actual it was an actual agricultural uh, economics degree. So uh, in the eighties, I uh, got there. That, that's given the age away, but uh, ag economics was a, a fantastic uh, course. And uh, after that, did a masters through UNE. So I had a bit of Sydney and I had a bit of uh, University of New England as well. You've certainly been around the ag world for a long time, Khan. You are known everywhere, widely respected, so bush rooster or not welcome to On The Grill. Great to be here. Let's start with an easy one. I have a uh, solid financial background. This is a pretend question, Khan. I have a pretty good uh, but not substantial property holding. I want to borrow a million dollars to buy maybe 2,000 wieners. What yep. do you look at in me to able to, to lend that sort of money these days? Yeah, look, you know, million dollars is still a lot of money and absolutely what we look at, you know, I, I talk about the three C's. I talk about character, cash flow and collateral. Uh, and if I just uh, delve deep, evidently it would be, first of all, you know, the character. So, you know, it would be your experience, uh, your business model, evidently integrity, your track record, uh, do I know you, et cetera. And, and within that character, of one understand, you know, your capability. So, you know, where you going to run them, how you going to run them, you know, et cetera. Um, the second one is the cash flow. Uh, cash is king, black ink, black ink, black ink. We don't like seeing uh, proposals ready or track records ready, but uh, forward cash flow budget with the assumptions, you know, how much weight you're going, going to put on, what's your entry cost, what's your estimated uh, exit, and what markets you're targeting. You know, that market segmentation, is, is it a feeder steer or are you going for the uh, grass-fed bullet? And then finally, uh, we do look for collateral, and a lot of people jump straight to collateral and security, but that's definitely not, not the prime if I see, uh, that would be, you know, what do you offer out now for security? Uh, you know, is there is there a farm? You, just, you said you got a farm, a central farm, so that'd be a quite easy scenario. But Kerry, these days, uh, with the price of land and, and different family circumstances, some people don't actually have a rural property office, so that's where we do do standalone livestock farming. So uh, uh, there's two methods. Yeah, character in the cattle industry is everyone's absolutely honest, aren't they? Um now, in the old days, uh, adult equivalent cattle was one of the guidelines per hectare, i.e. cattle per hectare. Does that still apply, yep. or there's a modern way which I've seen used, kilos of beef per 100 millimetres of rain? Is that in the equation at all? Yeah, look, you know, you get different methodologies. Some people still like talking goals per acre. Others have moved to hectares. Some people like to talk how many, how many acres per breeder. Some people like to talk, you know, dollars per breeder. At the end of the day, what we do is, is accept you know, the client's estimate, but of course we go away and get our own independent valuation of, of the property. Uh, we're bankers, not valuers. Uh, and of course, you know, I do love more detailed information and, and look, you know, some people really uh, going down the carbon crash. Some people really put a lot of time in presenting the information to a valuer. 
I, I still believe in you know the track record will give us a, a good guidance of you know, how many breeds can run or how many steers can produce, etc., or what sort the business model is. Yeah. Uh, so we're open to receiving can, all, can, all, all forms of information. The boss of MLA said in a recent State of the Industry report that uh, the red meat industry is in an amazing state. Does that mean anything to a banker? Yeah, look, you know, uh, we've always uh, supported uh, the red meat industry. I suppose 170 years ago when the NAB, NAB was formed, it was formed off a, a nurturing economy supporting mining and agriculture. And, and look, today, you know, what's what's really driving the economy? It is still mining and agriculture. So I, I think when when someone likes, you know, says, you know, red meat is in a wonderful state, absolutely. it's you know, We're just seeing really strong profits coming from uh, our, our red meat producers. We're seeing wonderful valuations supporting their properties, et cetera. And I can only say uh, I, I support that this desire for protein globally is playing into, into Australia's hands as the beef industry. In your working life at the, at the NAB, have you ever seen conditions and um, and prospects for uh, the beef industry in a better state? It's, it's a, that's a good question. Over a 30-year period, you know, Aussie at 63. Look, we've had a great run of interest rates the last, been the lowest since, 2013. Yes, today here we are in start of October. People have certain flooding, but seasonal conditions that, that I'm seeing across this you know, broad New South Wales is, is just sensational. So I agree. It, 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 you know, we shouldn't say it doesn't get better than this, but it, it is looking absolutely vibrant. Uh, yeah, people people come to me and say, well, you know, what's the downside? Or is the market tapped out? And again, we're not bad running bankers, but uh, challenges will always be labour seems to be always popping up, Kerry. Just the, 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 the sheer size of a workforce getting people um, is probably the biggest challenge I see out there. Yeah, labour is something I want to talk about a little later on, though. Uh, what's been the impact recently of the rise in interest rates? Is that cushioning demand or are you just getting a better type of buyer or more considerate type of buyer or bigger? Or are you demanding bigger, bigger deposits, for example? Oh, well, look, you know, it's been seven months of of interest rate rises and our forecast was saying that there could be a, another two by the end of the year. But look, no one really knows. It'd be like predicting the dollar. No one knows. Uh, so the impact has been, uh, you know, people had very, very low interest rates at the back of the, the drought, but through COVID, very, very low interest rates. And look, some people took advantage to, to forward fix, you know, three, five, seven, even out of 10 years. Some customers stayed floating. So I think it's just a matter of updating your model and, and really uh, understand that the cost of finance and just having a transparent conversation with your banker. So, yes, in some instances, uh, if there is debt, you know, uh, you know, we call that loan evaluation ratio, it's a substantial uh, input. You've got to manage, you've got to be aware of it because we, we have, you know, I can remember doing lots of budgets at 12 and 14%, but, geez, the last last four years, it's always been twos and threes and, and now we're talking fours. So, it's, it is, a, it is a, a dramatic change compared to like 12 months ago. I can remember 17% calm. <laughs> that was around for a while too. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Now, the prices of that's rural right. properties have been and still are astounding. Um, has the lift in rate made any differences to the to this number of properties coming on the market being sold? I, I, I just, I just feel like, you know, what's on the market, you know, and you're always getting those feeds from the various agents, etc. I think there's been a steady flow, um, but I, I still get you know, substantial beef holdings coming up, and, and we can always have 
yeah, one or two or three different parties always interested in. And it's my job to allocate a different manager per person going going to an auction or putting putting a, a bid in. But I'm I'm just astounded uh, as you know the younger generation returns. Uh, people have made me. They've got confidence in the in the, in the protein in, in beef. That yeah, there just seems to be an unwhelming continued demand for for good properties, for good breeder blocks, for for, for good uh, your operations. It's, I'm just astounded. I think we're all astounded to come. But one of the features for me in this uh, boom has not been so much the uh, price of cattle properties, but farming land has also gone off the rock. It's gone off absolutely like a skyrocket, and the per hectare price for farming property has also been astounding. Yeah, my word. My word. Grain, you know, cotton. Wow. And then you see you see advancements in technology. And I know there's a lot of futuristic talking around the role of drones and uh, so forth, made it attractive, et cetera. But I, I just look at some of the basics around, uh, you know, you look at that dual cropping canola in the last five years. I, I just, I'm just astounded when you get there and you see uh, people, you know, graze it off until, you know, started end of June, started July, and they still get a great crop. So I think, I think some of the technologies around advancement of, of actual breed varieties uh, and just the efficiencies have been supporting some of that demand. But, but look, you know, uh, when, when you've got, Great locations, hold good rainfall, uh, on the bitumen, you know, proven proven business models, great facilities. Uh, there just seems to be unwhelming demand for the small small acreages through the through the very large ones. When you're considering uh, financing a property, farming or grazing, uh, grazing, do do you do you take into account uh, the potential for sustainability projects on such a property? Oh, absolutely. So, so look, you know, we all we all uh, living in this uh, new new world of uh, ESG, and it's important that you know we we fund farmers who are sustainable. It's important we fund uh, financially viable, but also environmentally sustainable. So I think the the focus on ESG and uh, absolutely making sure that you know we've got um, our our underlying commitment uh, to I suppose the community is that we will support those who who actually do the right thing by the land. But uh, we we both get around a fair bit, Kerry, and you know. Every farmer I come across, they, they go with great intentions to, to get a good viable return and, and they stay in tune, whether it be, you know, soil quality, uh, whether it be rotational grazing, whatever method they do, they're, they're fertiliser or their pasture improvement. Uh, they're always out there to, you know, really make sure that, you know, they believe in the better way they inherited. And it's great technology, whether it be some of this satellite technology, some of this uh, carbon uh, measurement, whether it be just good old soil test, pH, et cetera. You get a, a varying array, but I, I do know uh, when I'm, about, I'm out there, there's, yep, we're doing this this, this year, but geez, I'd love to finish off that laneway car. I'd love to have this uh, extra, you know, solar, you know, putting water up here and putting it right through out there. So I, I absolutely um, believe that you know, 99.99% are, are so so well at it. And but you know, we, we come across a big a big flood like we had, or we had. Everyone go to drought, so there's always Mother Nature there to teach us a bit of a lesson, isn't there? Yes, yeah, so I get the impression as well that the, the cowboys that we used to see abusing the land and uh, overstocking uh, properties, I think by and large they've gone, they've had to go because they realise that they can't do it sustainably and they and there's pressure from younger people for them to do it sustainably and they make more money if they do it that way. Yeah, that's right, Terry. And, and look, you know, um, we, we, we have... Uh, risk reward margin where we assess someone who might be a triple A, they might have 250 basis point margin. But if someone's probably 
uh, you know, haven't haven't quite achieved some of those sustainable methods. You know, that it might be a, a risk margin applied, but you know, in twenty years' time, hopefully, when I'm not a bank manager, uh, you know, I think access to capital will be restricted if you, if you don't have some type of uh, proven track record or plan to uh, make sure that you know, sustainability uh, ESG is respected. And, and, and you're right, you know, um, it's, it's it's the forefront for the community. It's at the forefront. We're just trying to make sure we. Back to the right character again. Back to the three C's. Back to the right characters, and 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 they'll do the right thing, and we'll see them Time for a break from this podcast series today, featuring Carnhorn from the National Australia Bank. Akatak Duo Star from Alanco provides knockdown and residual control of cattle ticks and ivermectin sensitive parasites. Applied early in the season, Akatak Duo Star reduces the buildup of the tick population and helps to prolong the life of effective chemistry. Give ticks and worms the flick with Akatak Duo Star. Always read and follow the label directions and ensure good agricultural practice for optimal parasite control. You're back on the grill for B Central, I guess, today. Carn Horn from the National Australia Bank. Can, uh, when you uh, travel around and go and uh, go into farms, etc., and, and uh, talk to property owners, what what's the biggest complaint that you're currently hearing? Well, the biggest complaint financing is is probably interest rates always come up. Yeah, and, and it's very hard to have hit the hit the hit the lowest of lowest of low. But if you if you think back through COVID, just before that U.S. election. That was the lowest of three, five, ten year money that I've seen in my career, uh, and there was some people got locked away at some very low rates. But I'd say interest rate movements—they uh, definitely don't like bank manager changes. They just do not like the manager changing because they don't like to explain the business again. So it's where having stable teams and stable region managers, and I suppose people like myself, been around supporting some of our clients for a long time. But I think there's a new one, Kerry. Uh, Cybercrime is absolutely hitting. The Australian agricultural industry, as much as it's hitting any other industries, and that's cyber the one that Cybercrime, you mean like being hacked by uh, people or companies or bad guys in similar way to they hacked Optus? Absolutely. We've looked back and we've always, always had physical security, and we made have physical security at the bank, and you, and you always, as, as a manager, trying to mitigate risk. But I, I see cybercrime and the cyber criminals trying to deceive good Australian. Beef producers out of their money by various methods. Some methods is just hacking their emails and diverting funds from dummy invoices. That's probably the, the most prominent when they acquire livestock or they acquire uh, trucks or cars, etc. Uh, we're seeing identity theft carries big. So a couple of tips there is yeah, try and keep your privacy and your private information to yourself so they can't get in and, and just don't just keep your passwords etc. Very very private and and try and protect your business the slightly you have yeah. good fencing or you, you lock things up at the, at the main shed. I've heard uh, of one particular uh, person, I shan't name him because it might be embarrassing, he paid for a horse twice. He bought a horse for $30,000 and when they he got a phone call saying, when are you going to pay for that horse? He said, I already have. It was a dummy invoice, so he paid for it twice. Yeah. So And, and look, no, I'm glad you say because, you know, I feel, I feel for your mate who paid the second 30000 but it's happening every day and, and it's it's really got to be stopped by 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 tightening up security around our businesses and and our emails and and password protecting invoices etc. It's just a it is a crazy crazy world out there with uh, the, the cybercrime. So the the message uh, from NAB and from everyone I guess to farmers and graziers all over Australia is be careful about your 
computer's use and make sure that it's secure in some way. Absolutely. Absolutely. Password protected. You know, get, your, get your normal updates of your security of your PC and, and just don't leave the PC or don't hand your phone around. Just really keep those tools like the old checkbook. You, know, you wouldn't leave the checkbook in the front of you with uh, signed blank checks. It's the same with uh, modern day with internet banking and that banking yeah. is got to really have tight tight systems to support that. So, so your bankers had examples of uh, hackers getting into rural properties and making off with some cash. Uh, absolutely, we, we wouldn't we wouldn't go a couple of weeks without someone having uh, either a, a near miss. That's where a bank a bank has helped them uh, stop it, or someone has uh, actually been uh, defrauded. Uh, and if we we catch it day one, we can work with the other banks to, to stop the payment or pull it back. Uh, and some of our systems do have, or systems do have a last pop-up that says you've never submitted these funds to this account again, and that should be a, a prompt to say, oh, that, that these funds shouldn't be transmitted. But realistically, people who use the same suppliers, um, just keeping those details safe and keeping those details the same is, and secure has been the, the method we're talking to. And having having these discussions around education about cybercrime prevention not getting too carried away about it, but it, it is a very important piece of protecting your PCs, your phones. So much done on the phone these days and passwords is fundamental. I hadn't heard that uh, story about cybercrime in the bush so much, but gee, it's important when you think about it for all the financial obligations that uh, farmers and grazers have, and they're invariably done on the net nowadays and not through personal contact with any banking person, just they do it themselves on the net. So the, yeah, the answer to this is beware, be very, very careful. The other Factor that I think is being chatted about a lot still, labour shortages in regional and rural Australia. It's been talked about for a long, long time. It doesn't seem to be too much happening there. Yeah, I think I'm seeing people uh, taking it in their own hands, so really enhancing some of the on-farm accommodation or in-town accommodation. And, and look, you know, just making sure conditions, being employee of, of first choice is, is definitely the, uh, the way forward. Yes, a friend of mine runs a very big operation. He's just employed his first two backpackers since pre-COVID. Pre-COVID, he was employing up to 70 backpackers at any one time and he's just got his first two back. Uh, Something's got to happen and happen fast because wherever you look in regional Australia, there are jobs available and nobody to fill them. Yeah, it is definitely a hot topic. It's not the hot topic. It's getting good people, retaining good people, having good conditions. So, yeah, their, their personal development, and, and having a safe environment, and looking, I think you know um, quarters and, and is part of it. But just having having teams who are engaged around the, the end goal, and it's such a wonderful industry. But um, yeah, COVID COVID impacts all businesses differently. But labour is definitely the one I've seen as a standout, and, and other factors like you know seeing the shipping containers free up and getting that back to near pre-COVID. The cost and access has been great. You know, we, we love a. Aussie at 63, more than a 73, being an exporter nation. So there's lots of there's lots of pros, but I think you know, uh, basically having the people to 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 in the labour force to really run the run the bigger properties or the intensive properties. That's going to be the challenge going forward. Time for a break from this podcast series today, featuring Carnhorn from the National Australia Bank. Established since 1988, Kelly's Finance Group have the finance solutions when it comes to agribusiness lending from property loans and livestock funding to machinery and vehicle finance. They are the experts in arranging finance on behalf of their clients that not only ensures market-leading interest rates, 
but more importantly, financing that is suited to your agricultural operations, not your lender's bottom line or their preferred security position. With access to an array of specialist and traditional finance providers, there's no job too big or too small for the Kelly's Finance Group team. Contact Kelly's Finance Group today for an independent and confidential discussion and how we can add value to your business moving forward. You're back on the grill for Beef Central, our guest today, Khan Horn from the National Australia Bank. When you travel from property to property, Khan, is the word recession ever mentioned? I think the older generation, absolutely, uh, because there's so much uh, put put out there about the the condition of the uh, the global economy. Yeah, evidently Europe, evidently Russia, Ukraine. I think people aren't saying that word just yet, uh, but they're saying, "Yep, we've got to make sure that our our you know we're eyes wide open with interest rates. Uh, we're eyes wide open with what's happening globally, because geez, the, the vast majority of our product gets over the US, Japan, yeah, Korea, Indonesia. So we're an export. We're an export." Dominate, and so we just need to make sure that we are still growing here, and, and it's as much what happening as the, the global aspects as much as Australia. But no, I don't think people say that word as openly as, as so the media does. But they're definitely uh, on top of you know inflation. Too busy working, I suspect. But they do mention um, Ukraine, Russia, China, etc. The farmers and grazers you talk with. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. And and look, you know. Uh, they know the importance of our export market and, and they understand the, um, the great job that our exporters do, our, our MLAs, the world, et cetera. But really, realistically, uh, you know, we can produce it, but we just need to keep the markets open, don't we? Yes, indeed. And the prospects for Australian beef, of course, uh, are well known. The, the horizons look very bright and sunny indeed. But uh, a couple of possible uh, threats. What would, uh, would a 10 to 15% drop in cattle prices do to rural lending, do you think? Yeah, I think yeah, ten percent round the dollar. Uh, evidently, yeah, we would have some impact, but you know, I think their business models can absolutely handle it. Uh, you know, people have got you know good, resilient, robust business models. Yeah, the vast majority of my customers, you know, I deal with, uh, could could easily handle a ten percent yeah movement in in, in, the, in the price. They wouldn't wish it upon them, but you know, they've got good business, good, robust business models, and uh, that's probably the, the key risk. But yeah, you know, season's always a risk. Yeah, you, know, you don't want to go to bed just thinking about the risk. You want to think about the opportunity too, Terry. But definitely, I think that you know, our customers could easily handle a ten percent change. Carn Horn uh, from National Australia Bank. A great pleasure to speak with you. Good luck at the World Cup. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for talking again. Thanks, Terry. Have a great day. Cheerio. And thank you for joining me today. Until next time, I'm Kerry Lonigan, and this is the Weekly Grill, brought to you by Alenco Animal Health and the Kelly's Finance Group.